Good job. All right. So we're going to get our podcast going again. This is our first Wednesday of normal service in 2018. I'm working on our schedule. I'm working on summer camp. Working on blacklight dodgeball slash worship night. We'll talk later. Um, so yeah, we got some stuff coming up. We're going to have a good time. Um, one other thing I forgot to tell Peyton to announce earlier. We're going to start every third Sunday after morning service. I was talking to Sheree, and we're going to go out to eat. Um, just make it a every third Sunday thing. Uh, it's not going to be like a youth-sponsored thing, like I'm not buying all of y'all food, but I would like for us just to hang out outside of church. And then every first Sunday morning um, at Sunday school, I'm going to bring breakfast, and that will be on me. So uh, just a little heads up on that, something we're planning on doing. We're going to start doing a lot more games. I'm going to get a bunch of gift cards and give out gift cards for games, um, and it's going to be pretty awesome. All right, so if you've got your Bibles, everybody needs to be bringing their Bibles. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah, it's in the Old Testament. Kind of near the middle of your Bible, but closer to the front. Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to be doing verses 1 through 7 tonight. Everybody having a good week? Everybody excited to go back to school this week? Page 487, if you've got the Bibles, we hand it out. Six. One. All right, so a couple of weeks ago, I was getting on to Emerson. You know what that's like? You're, has anybody's parents ever gotten on to you? I'm a, you gotta love it when they do, don't you? It's my favorite. I was getting on to Emerson for something, and I looked at her, and she was wanting to play in, like, in the dishwasher. We were loading the dishes, and she wanted to play in the dishwasher. She was getting all the forks and stuff. And listen, na- dirty dishes are nasty, man. Like, I don't care if it's your kids that's been eaten, or your wife, or husband, or mom and dad. It's just disgusting. You know, there's slobber, and there's spit, and food, old food. I mean, it's just nasty. And we're loading the dishwasher, and Emerson's down there, and she's playing with it. And I said, Emerson, baby girl, stop. And she kept on playing, and I said, I said, Emerson, no! And she looked at me, and she went like this. I was like, No. No, no, no. You do not look at me that way. See, here's the thing. She's figured out the look already, and she's two. It's not okay, is it? Look, you know because you've done it before, haven't you? All you evil little girls have given your dad that look before, and, and it's messed up. It's wrong. It's manipulation, right? You give them the puppy eyes, and you're so cute and precious, and before you know it, like if it was Carson, I would have already beaten him with the wooden spoon that was in the dishwasher, right? But because 
I can't help it. But because it's Emerson and she's so precious and cute and beautiful and big puppy eyes and the, the lips quivering and I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh, baby girl, I'm sorry, but you can't play in the dishwasher. Something like that. So here's the thing. She know, she's learning already how to manipulate me. Carson does this too. It's just a lot different. The other day I was talking to Carson and I was telling him something and he plugged up his ear with this finger and then he took this hand and took his implant off and he said, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm not making that up. Like you little punk. <laughs> he's only six and he's already started that. See, here's the thing. If we don't go to God and respect God for who he is and what he is, then, then we're trying to manipulate the system, but it doesn't work, right? So this series, it's called Artifacts, What God is Like. Because here's the thing, whether you say it or not, deep down, a lot of us believe that God is this soft, um, loving, cushiony God that would not... Um, judge anybody or harm anybody. He loves all people and everything is all good because God is love. And that, that contradicts what scripture says. Some people think, well, if God was a loving God, then he wouldn't send people to hell. You've, you've heard that before, right? So, so therefore, it's not a big deal if I sin. It's not a big deal if I give in to these temptations all the time because that's not who God is. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be picking out four different topics on what God is like. And tonight we're going to be week one. Um, we're just going to start out with a bang. God is holy. Write that down if you're taking notes. God is holy. And you've got to understand that because you have to understand what God is if you're going to go to God in prayer. If you're going to trust God with your life. If you're going to trust God with your relationships, you have to understand that God is holy. So check this out. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 says this. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Okay, so you got to get this. Isaiah, he, he, this is a vision right here. Okay. So Isaiah, he's really getting his ministry kick-started. He's a prophet, and, and he's getting everything going, and, and he's having this vision, okay? Because it's really important as far as his ministry. Look at this, verse 2. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then verse 4. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for all these students that are here, God. And I thank you for the ones that weren't able to make it, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, help us as we kick off this new year. Um, help us to dig into your word in a way that we've never dug in and, and that we would apply it to our lives. And God, I pray that you would just help us to understand the magnitude of your holiness tonight. God, and it's in your name I pray these things. Amen. All right, so here we go. Isaiah is having a prophetic vision here, 
okay? Isaiah was at the beginning stages of his ministry, um, and this event played a, a, a very significant role in the direction that God was sending him. Uh, so what do we know from this text, okay? We're going to kind of break down these first four verses because, let's be honest, there's some weird things in here, right? There's like some sort of weird creature with six wings. That, is that strange? Okay, so, so let's find out what, what God's telling us right here. So God is painting a very specific picture of who he is for Isaiah, all right? So notice, notice um, in verse 1, it says, The Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted. In other words, he, he's elevated, right? He, he's lifted up greatly above all the other people. Like all, all the people are in this temple worshiping it, and God is lifted up, emphasizing the Most High God. But then it talks about the seraphim. See, here's what you got to understand about the seraphim. These are like angelic creatures. A lot of times they will be on missions for God. They will send messages for God. They, they, they kind of do God's work for him a little bit. Okay? Um, so, so the word actually, uh, if you break it down back to its original uh, version, virgin, version, can't get that word right. <laughs> it's a tricky one. <laughs> be careful. It means fiery ones. Listen, that's important because that illustrates their burning love for God. Like, that's why they're called that. Because they have a burning desire to serve God. Like, as should we. But get this, they have six wings. Two of them to cover their face. Right? So, so they cover their face because they have an understanding and they dare not look into the face of the glory of God. That's how serious this is. Like these, these angelic creatures... They have six wings, and two of them are used to cover their face because God's glory is so much that they can't even look at his face. They can't even look at the presence of his glory. What about the, the two that cover their feet? This is because they acknowledge their lowliness in comparison to God in their presence. Remember, if you read through Scripture, you find out like it's a big deal if you go in someone's house um, and they clean your feet. Like it's a sign of um, significance. It's a sign of your, uh, your importance, your popularity, your, your reign in society. So if you were like a really important person, they would wash your feet because it's important to have clean feet. It, it just showed respect. It showed dignity. So they would cover their feet because they were acknowledging that they, their lowliness in comparison to God in their presence, and then the final two wings were used to fly in service for God. You see, these things would make you question your life decisions. <laughs> like if you show up, if you're having like some sort of weird dream, anybody ever have one of those dreams where it like just feels really, really weird, you know, but it feels we like weirdly real. Anybody have those real dreams? Brandy has them all the time that I cheat on her and she wakes up mad at me. True story. That has happened once <laughs> in her dream. <laughs> My wife is weird. What can I say? So here, I mean, it's as if, listen, I've seen Lady Gaga performances on TV and, and the, like the backup dancers and the things that are happening on stage made me question my life decisions and why I'm watching this performance. That's probably how Isaiah felt right here, right? 
Like, y'all seen that stuff? It's weird. Like, they've got these weird little creatures dancing around. What about that thunder song? Y'all know the thunder and lightning song? You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen the music video? <laughs> yes. Look that. Look up that music video, man. That, like, those creatures, these creatures are in that music video, I'm convinced. Minus the wings. You see, but unlike um, these other things, these seraphim, they have a very important role. Like as Isaiah enters the presence of God, the seraphim are communicating with each other. See, you can't miss this. So there are these weird-looking creatures with a very significant role, but look what they're saying to each other in verse 3. Listen to this. And one called out to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. See, here's what you got to understand about that. In scripture, many times you will notice names or phrases repeated in pairs. Like this is to indicate and elevate importance. Like, for example, when Jesus would be talking to maybe um, Peter, and, and he would say, Peter, Peter, and then he would speak what he's saying. Peter would know that Jesus is talking about something very important because he would pronounce his name twice. So like when you read scripture, it's like, no, like Jesus isn't stuttering. He, he's actually got something really important to say, right? You see, when things were repeated threefold, it was called a trihagion. The triple recurrence of a word is a specific literal, literary tool indicating something is an infinite and unquantifiable measure. The Hebrew word for holy is Kadesh, meaning separateness or apartness. The primary focus in the first four verses of Isaiah chapter 6, the very beginning of Isaiah's mission, the very beginning of his ministry, God is focusing on how separate God is from fallen man. And that's the important of these four verses because God's saying, listen, you've got to understand this. I'm on a different level than you. I'm at a different place in my life than you, right? Before God could use Isaiah, he had to understand that God wasn't just playing games. Like God is the Holy One. God is the Most High One. And Isaiah needed to understand who he was dealing with because much like our culture, there were some self-righteous people, there were some self-absorbed people, there were fake believers that go to church for the feel-goods, but then they live like a living hell when they go to school, right? And if you're completely honest with you, some of you live that lifestyle too. And you see, here's the problem. Um, it's because we don't take serious the holiness of God, you haven't had a true encounter with the holiness of God, with the, the magnitude of what God truly is. And unlike many of us, Isaiah set himself apart and answered the call. Look at this in verse 5. Look what verse 5 says. I love this. Then I said, so this is Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Listen, if you've got your Bible, um, underline these two parts. 
It says, then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined. Underline that, for I am ruined. In other words, Isaiah is saying, listen, I've experienced the holiness of God. I've seen what God is. I've seen the power of God. I've seen the glory of God. And take my word for it, I am worthless. Like, like I am useless in the face of God. Right? I've come face to face with God, and he realizes the magnitude of God. Listen, the second thing I want you to underline is unclean lips, and we'll get to that here in a second. But listen, notice what his response was not, okay? So you got to get this, because a lot of times this, this is our response, like when God approaches us, when God presents a mission for us, when God uh, presents his gloriness to us, when God presents his holiness to us, this is what our response is, but this is not what Isaiah's response. Notice what his response is not. He doesn't look at God and say, what are you going to do to impress me? Like so many of the followers that followed Jesus, they didn't follow him because they cared about him. They didn't follow him because they loved him. They followed him because they wanted to see what he was going to do next. Right? Some of us, we come to church because stuff's going wrong in our lives and we're like, okay, God, impress me, fix my life. He doesn't, he doesn't try to bargain with God and, er, and offer his service if God will make him rich. <laughs> Or if God would give him this boyfriend, if God would give him this girlfriend, if God would give him this car, if God would give him this grade, God, I will serve you with everything I got if you will get my mom off my back, right? God, I will serve you with everything I've got if you will make me um, homecoming queen. God, I'll give you everything I got if you'll give me that, that football scholarship. At that point, I will live for you. He doesn't do that, Right? He, he doesn't even give God a timeline of how and when he will serve God, because here's what we say. We say, God, I'm a little bit young right now. I'm going to enjoy some parties. I'm going to enjoy some dating. I'm going to enjoy these things. And then whenever I get a little bit older and I want to settle down and have a family, then I'll start coming to church and I'll get serious about you. Right? Like Isaiah didn't say, well, I'm just starting my ministry, God. I'm, I'm just going to kind of take my time with this thing and kind of slowly figure it out. I'll get back with you when I'm ready. Like, like he didn't say that. Like Isaiah being the man that he is, the prophet that he is, is floored by the presence of God. And he immediately realizes how unworthy he is to be in the presence of God. He says, I am ruined. I am nothing, God. He saw the holiness of God, and he said, I amount to nothing. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. But then that second part, because I am a man of unclean lips. Get this. I'm going to say this slow so you can write it down. According to Scripture, if the lips are unclean, your heart is unclean. According to Scripture, you can go through Scripture and you can find it at different places. If, you're, if your lips are unclean, your heart's unclean. Because what comes out of the lips is in your heart. Isaiah here is saying, um, 
I am worthless and I'm not even clean. <laughs> I'm full of sin. I'm full of hatred. I'm full of, um, of rage. I'm full of jealousy. I'm full of hypocrisy, God. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. See, this should be similar to our approach, but it isn't. We approach God if he owes us, as if he owes us something, as if we are entitled to God's love. And, he wants, and if he wants anything extra from us, he better pay up. Think about if Carson offered me this deal today, okay? So I go home, and I haven't seen Carson today, but when I get home and I see him, and I always ask him, how was school today? Think about if Carson said this. How, how would this play out if Carson said, I was good at school today. You're welcome. Now buy me a new Xbox game where I'm not listening to a word you say or obeying anybody for the rest of the week, and I need it by midnight. <laughs> how would that go? Jed, how's that going if Noah presents that offer to you? That ends in a beating. <laughs> right? Like, that's not going to go well. That doesn't work um, the way that, that he's probably going to think it should work. And in the same sense, we must learn to approach God in reverence and with respect to the holiness that he is. Think about this. Think about this. A lot of you wonder... And I know you do because I, I thought about this a lot when I was a teenager. I wondered these things a lot when I was a teenager, so I know that you do. A lot of you wonder, why is it so hard for me to have a good prayer life? Like, it seems like such a simple thing, doesn't it? I mean, like, how, how lazy am I? Listen, I've, I've had these thoughts. This is things that's run through my head. How lazy am I if I can't take a couple of minutes just to talk privately with God? I can't stop what I'm doing just to, hey God, had a rough day today. <laughs> and you wonder, why? Why am I struggling with my walk with Christ? Get this. How much stronger would our walk with Christ be if we were to live in such a way that we were embarrassed to even speak to God for acting the way that we act at school. Or we were embarrassed to even go before God acting the way that we do to our parents. Right? Like, like, and here's the difference. Here, here's how this looks different from the way that we currently live um, we start being cognizant of, of our actions at school. Like we start being aware of how we treat people. It's like, oh, that's, that's not the nicest thing to say to that person, so I'm not going to say that. Like that's a good start. <laughs> what about this one? We, we consider God's word before talking back to mom. <laughs> Here's the thing. I heard this the other day. Um, I was listening to a message. Yes, I'm a nerdy preacher guy, and I listen to 
a preacher's podcast, and he said this, and, and it really just stuck with me because a lot of times everybody's like, well, what's the big deal? Obey my parents. Why is that so important? This guy said this, and I think that there's so much truth to it. Um, students that disobey their parents daily are students that become adults who disobey God's word daily. Like, whoa. Think about this. What if we stop talking back to mom and dad? There's a start. What about this one? We act like we had some moral responsibilities instead of just giving in to peer pressure. What if um, the cool guys at school uh, threw some alcohol in your face and you said, no, I'm not going to do that? I'm trying not to live that life, man. What if to date the guy that you want to date, you have to have sex with him, and you were to say, no, I'm saving myself for marriage because that's what God wants for my marriage. Listen, we don't need to get on that one. I don't need to tell you how I've had sex with two people. And you're like, wow, that's pretty good, but it absolutely breaks my heart that I didn't save it for something for someone that it was meant for. Like, you want to get real on that one? Um, Somebody else has something that God created for Brandy. (laughs) And I can't give it to her. That's rough, right? That's rough, and it's tough when you think about it like that. But you, you guys don't think of it that way. Like, what if we're presented the opportunity to... um, Give in to, to the lustful desires of our heart um, and look cool, or um, you, you reach out to someone that's important to you and you say, hey, hey, Jed, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? Hey, Chris, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray for me? Melinda, hey, I, I'm struggling with this desire. Will you pray for me? Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have a desire to speak to God. You're going to have a desire to have a relationship with God because you are following God's commandments. And get this, you are not embarrassed to present yourself to God. Right? You see, here's the problem. Here's why you feel like that. Because we continually go out into the world and live like hell. And then we try to present ourselves to God. And we see God's holiness. And we say, yeah, I'm ruined. (laughs) We have the exact response that Isaiah had. Woe is me, for I am ruined. I am worthless. I am useless. Useless. Like, think about this, man. You see, we just understand the importance of respecting God for his holy nature and what he has given us. There's going to be a change in our hearts. And look what happens as Isaiah realizes this. He, listen. This is how it's going to play on your life. Verse 6, verses 6 and 7. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. Listen to this. Get this. A burning coal, okay? Verse 7. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sins are forgiven. Listen, this coal references two ideas. 
Number one, it's emblematic of God's purifying work in your heart. Right? Like we all know, like, like you wash your hands with hot water, right? Because the heat gets rid of germs, whatever. I tell Brandy all the time, it doesn't matter what gets on the steaks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't put them on the grill. It'll burn off the germs. I don't feel like that's a good logic, but it works for me. She argues with me. Listen, when you consider what God has done for you through his son on the cross, it makes it a lot easier to serve him. It helps you to realize that you are worthy because of what he did. You're not worthy because of your singing ability, right? Like, you're not worthy because you've got a 4.0. Listen, you can brag all you want to about that 4.0, and God's like, so? You can brag all you want to about your wrestling ability. You can brag all you want to about how well you can wrap gifts. I don't know, whatever your talent is. <laughs> Number two, what is that Cole reference? It, it, it illustrates the redemption it illustrates that redemption is painful. See, this is the biggest reason we struggle with this. Sometimes it's painful to change. Sometimes it's painful to change your lifestyle. Listen, whenever I started going back to church, whenever I started feeling God's calling on my life, I had to make some big changes, and those changes included friends that were very, very, very close to me. And that's tough, man. Like, that's tough whenever you're thinking about, um, you know, this, this relationship, it doesn't glorify God. I need to make some changes. It's tough to get out of that relationship. <laughs> Listen, a couple of months ago, Carson had this idea he wanted a bike for Christmas. He wanted a new bike, bigger bike. So I made a deal with him. I said, if you can learn how to ride your bike without your training wheels, we'll get you a bike for Christmas. Easy enough. He's like, yeah, let's do that. So we popped those suckers off, man. He thought he was going to take off. And, and y'all know how that goes. You've seen it on little TV shows. And maybe you've seen it in person. Maybe it was you. Like you took off thinking you were going to ride that bike. And you crashed miserably and was scared to death. That was Carson. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he realized it's hard to even just sit on the bike. And he was falling everywhere. But he said, I want to quit. <laughs> He said, I don't, want a, I don't want a new bike. I want to put the training wheels back on. And I said, no, it's too late. We're not putting them off. Once you take them off, you can't put them back on. Sorry. <laughs> That's a lie. Parents lie to you all the time. <laughs> Your life is filled with lies until you find out the truth about Santa Claus. You're like, Santa Claus? What? My bad. Listen. Santa Claus likes cookies. Listen, because <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to take the training wheels off, man. Listen, some of you are getting to the points in your life where you're starting to kind of make, make some grown-up decisions. And what you're going to learn is sometimes those decisions aren't easy. Sometimes those decisions are hard. Sometimes those decisions affect um, other people's lives. Me and Brandy had a big decision whenever Carson was born deaf. Do we allow him to be deaf because that's who he is? I mean, does he want to be deaf or do we get him an implant? That decision affected his life. Some decisions are big, some decisions are small. But here's the thing. 
Um, we struggle in our walk with Christ because we understand that God is a holy God and we feel unworthy. Truth is, you feel unworthy because you refuse to give these things up in your heart to God. We understand that we must change. We understand that we must take those training wheels off and try to figure out how to ride this bike through life. And we understand that that means change, and we understand that that's going to hurt a little bit. Um, but, but until we give up um, those relationships, until we give up that anger, until we give up those lustful desires, the gossip, the, the hatred, the jealousy, the pride, until we face God and say, I am unworthy, God, I want you to take this and we truly give it to him, we will not change and we cannot honor the holiness of God. Right? Amen? You see, if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to make the most of 2018, we must develop an understanding of the holiness of God and what that means as we approach him. So that's our challenge. How, how can I be all that God has created me to be in 2018? You see, here's the thing. You can't do that if you don't understand the holiness of God and what that means in your life. And what that means, I got news for you. Those decisions are hard, but because God is holy, because God is righteous, because God has mercy and grace and he loves you, God is going to help you with that. But it's up to you to decide up to this group of believers, this family, to lift each other up and encourage each other. And let's make 2018 a better year than 2017. And let's glorify God in it. Everybody lock up. Dear Heavenly God, I thank you for this, uh, this word that you've given us, God. God, I thank you for being the holy God that you are. God, I pray that as we go into this year, God, that we would apply this message to our lives. God, I pray that these students that are struggling with things that, that they need to let go of, God, I pray, Lord, that they would just give those things to you, God. I pray that they would have trust in their leaders here in youth, God. I pray that maybe they would have trust in their parents, God, to say, just pray for me. Help me with this. I'm struggling with this. God, I pray that they would understand that they can come to us with those things and, and those things are going to stay between us. They can, they can have trust and they can depend on us. God, I pray that you would just help them to lift each other up, help them to have the wisdom and courage whenever they see one of their peers struggling. God, I pray that they would pray for them and that they would encourage them and that they would just pick them up when they're down. God, I pray that you would just strengthen this youth group Lord, I pray that we would grow in numbers, God, but I pray that most of all that we would grow closer to you and that we would honor you and glorify you in everything that we say and do. God, I pray you just bring us back for Sunday morning, for Sunday school, that we could learn more about you and, and worship your name. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.